0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't the joy of the Lord our strength? Praise God. These are days of all manner of things out there. Outright injustice and all of that stuff. But we can consider Jesus. We can look unto him and worship him. Thank you for joining us online today. I believe the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Shall we worship this great king of ours? We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Oh, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. The one who knew us before time began. The one who formed us in our mother's womb. The one who separated us from our mother's womb. Oh, we worship you. We thank you. We bless you. We are so grateful. What eyes have not seen. What ears have not heard. Oh, hallelujah. You are revealing to us. Thank you, Lord. And we just... Worship you and adore you for your. Gla, ma se, o teer beli, crassafa falla, trada bico zo, ma mala da vine, asa brindo re preeste fra faligro suda barahasa. O ma sembre le mondo diente, nemondo repose crepisse fede le prazada casi dosto. You lift up your head, lift up your head, for your redemption draws nigh. Ha, ha, ha. When all these things come upon the earth, when men's hearts shall fail because of the things that are on the earth, then you lift up your head. You rejoice because your body will be adopted. Your body will be changed in an instant. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. He that sits in the heaven shall laugh. Oh, we bless you. Oh, glory, 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 glory. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. You're worthy, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is our light. The Lord is our salvation. The Lord is the strength of our life. Hallelujah. Whom shall we fear? Oh, we sing about your goodness. We sing about your tender mercies. We rejoice in you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Another day to serve you. Another day to live for your glory. Another day to breathe in your name. <laughs> to step out in your name. Sheparakapariste. Oh, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. We look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are seen are temporary or temporal, subject to, to change. But the things which you have said, your word, that is eternal, age enduring, timeless. So we do not look at these things, these temporal things. Oh, but we look away, haha, and consider what you have said, and consider you, O oh Lord, great apostle and high priest of our confession. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you. You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Let the weak say, I am strong. In the strength of the Lord. You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Let the weak say I am strong in the strength of the Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you that naturally speaking things come, situations arise, but we run into your mighty strong tower, the name of the Lord Jesus And we are delivered, we are saved, we are protected, we are preserved. Hallelujah. We sing and shout the victory in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, we give you thanks. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. The great High Priest today at the right hand of majesty, separate from sinners, Hallelujah. Holy One, we bless you. Thank you for your intercession. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for using our words and faith today. Hallelujah. We look to you. We trust you. Your mercy is working. Hallelujah. Your grace is available. We receive, Lord. We thank you, Father. We acknowledge you, Lord. By faith, we call every need met, every yoke destroyed, every burden removed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow. God is a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We were saying a few things last week, um, which I believe we'll just continue with and put another layer on or just look at the whole matter again. Praise God. Let's look at something over there in the fourth chapter of Mark. Mark. Mark chapter 4, and um, I believe that you are familiar with these things if you've spent any matter of time or any amount of time uh, with us. These things are very familiar, but notice there's not another copy or another volume of the Bible. This is all we have, it's the same book, and so God is going to, in His infinite mercy and wisdom, speak to us through the same volume, the same book hallelujah (laughs) and so we just uh, never get tired of reading the same scriptures because like a great man once said the word of God is like a many sided mountain and you may climb up one side and think that's the only side until you find out that there was another side and another way of looking at it praise God so he's awesome and we thank God for him hallelujah The Bible says there in verse 24, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear, what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. 25 continues, For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. And then the Bible continues, With our verse of last week, 33, with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. Hallelujah. So we notice here that um, the things that he's saying are um, things that had to be received and understood and uh, he tried to give them as much as they could receive, as much as they could bear. And therefore, he was not um, trying to hinder the flow of revelation and understanding, but rather those who were hearing it were unable to maybe deal with the truth or to process what he was saying. Hallelujah. And so God here is uh, the same. He has not changed. <clears throat> and he would like to say many things to us and would like to build us up in revelation knowledge and understanding. Because he knows how important it is and we are the ones who may be able to hinder him or uh, say, um, I can't receive any more. Praise God. Let's hear verse 24
1: and 25 in Kannada, please. Alleluia. (laughs) Yaakam Dare avanige illavo avanige iddaddu
0: avaninda endu Hallelujah. Now we look at something in Hosea 4, in the 6th verse, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Notice the people of Israel at that point were exclusively (coughs) chosen. And then they were supposed to go and let the knowledge of the salvation available to other nations through that promise of the Lamb, which they were dealing with in just types and shadows. But they did not relish or desire the knowledge so much anymore. And so he said, I will reject you from being a priest, you know. So the core of the matter is that we are here representing the knowledge and revelation of God on the earth. Hallelujah. You and I are the proof that God is actually alive. And so as we handle and work with the knowledge of the word, we'll notice that destruction cannot come near us. Destruction has limitations. You know, the enemy cannot come near your dwelling place. There is a place of separation where darkness and defeat, death, destruction, and the curse is not actually allowed to cross. But that comes because of knowledge and understanding. And so you may have, um, you know, vast amounts of money uh, kept for you by some relative, but if you do not know about it, And you cannot use that, you see. So, similarly, there's so much that God has planned for us. And the revelation of it is so powerful. But if we do not receive that, we are actually allowing ourselves to be destroyed. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so, let's take it seriously and begin to understand that we are here representing the revelation, knowledge of God, that God is alive and he's living and he loves each one and we are the representatives or ambassadors of that God. So You can see how important it is to be full of the knowledge of his will. And uh, as much as you can allow him to, that's how much he can speak, that's how much he can unveil to us. So we pray those prayers in Ephesians again and again for revelation to flood our being and other prayers like that. I believe you're already praying such things and it's a proof that you want to know and you refuse destruction and you want to be a testimony and a proof that God is alive on the earth. Hallelujah. Let's hear also uh, Hosea 4 and 6 from like
1: Nana Korate in the Dare, Adakarana and Nina Pramana, Maritu, Maritu
0: Amen. So, praise God, our choices affect our children, and um, God have mercy. What do you say? <laughs> we all need so much mercy, don't we? Praise God. So God is a faithful God, he has not changed, and he wants us to be able to handle these truths in this day, particularly in which we live, where there is rampant outgrowth of uh, evil, futility, uh, rebellion, and all of that fierce material that's out there because of the last days. It's, It's contrary to God and his revelation, it's contrary to basic humanity, there's a Whole lot of stuff out there, but you were sent for such a time as this. Thank God. God looked and said, you're the right person. He counted you faithful and sent you to the planet for such a time as this. Wonderful Jesus. So let's take the responsibility and say, all right, hallelujah. You're counting on us. You're counting on me. And I'm taking it personally, and therefore I need understanding. I need revelation. May you be free to speak to me, O Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So there is uh, the ability to hear, the ability to receive revelation, understanding from God, and that has to be opened up. Uh, We need to create the capacity so that he can fill. You know, the, the cup that has been given to each one of us from the 23rd Psalm must be given capacity to receive. And then when it is filled, it will overflow and it will affect other lives. Amen? So don't forget, in the 23rd Psalm, you know, you may remember, very key psalm, because the 23rd Psalm (coughs) is for this time on the earth. The 22nd is the psalm of the cross, the 24th is a time to come, and so on. Therefore, it will be nice to get a hold of the 23rd Psalm, and just ponder upon it prayerfully, and glean how much you can from it. Among the verses written there, there's a verse that says, He restores my soul. Hallelujah. Uh, Another interpretation can also be, He is allowing my soul to be uh, unified or in agreement with my born-again spirit. Amen? So He's restoring communion between the born-again spirit that you have as a believer, fellowship between that spirit on the inside of you, And your soul, your thinking, your imagination, your understanding, the seat of your choices, your will, etc. So there's a fellowship restored between the two because the Lord is our shepherd. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to bring that into a place where there's agreement between your spirit, born-again spirit, complete agreement with your soul so that you have now the majority working on the inside of you, and then you can uh, fulfill uh, the spirit walk and not allow the flesh to dominate you because of the joint power of spirit and soul. Hallelujah. So that's what it's all about. We're not trying to um, fight, in quote, against other emotions and things like that and trying to suppress them, but rather unconsciously As our soul is being brought into fellowship with the born-again spirit, the restored way of thinking, the uh, flesh and all of those things that are in the flesh are sort of ignored and they slough off. Hallelujah. (laughs) So it's not like you're just struggling constantly with your flesh, but rather you have chosen the highway and the other will just fall into place. Amen? Praise God. So, uh, keep those thoughts in mind. As long as we are listening to the Good Shepherd, as long as we are hearkening to Him, He will lead us into those places where we can enjoy the blessings of the green pastures and the overflowing cup and the table of provision. And of course, the enemy is way under the feet. Praise God. So I'd like to see another verse like that in Matthew 13 and verse 15. Notice here, a, Jesus is quoting this out of Isaiah. And this is what he says. He says, This people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, should understand with their heart, and should be converted and I should heal them. Isn't that interesting? So he he is saying here that the reason why he brings any form of adjustment or revelation to our former way of thinking is so that we can come around to Him and say, okay, I messed up, I didn't know that, I didn't understand that. And then He can heal them and bless them and deliver and make them enjoy what He has paid for. So it's not that um, He's just getting some kind of points out of, yay, I corrected you, yay, you thought you knew everything. No, it's like, I would like to heal them. I would like to see them blessed. I would like to see them enjoying what I paid for. Amen? So, uh, the heart there, the emotions and all of that were waxed gross, he says, and the eyes could not see clearly, the ears could not hear. In the hearing and the seeing and understanding of what he was saying, what would happen was, he could now heal them. So, we come to a point where we say, this thing is not working I'm not seeing something. There's something I'm not hearing. Lord, help me to hear it. Why? Because once you can hear it, the healing, the freedom, the blessing, the benefit of salvation will become ours. Amen? So it's, um, it should be seen like that. A good shepherd, a loving Heavenly Father, the eldest brother, the Lord, Jesus Christ, who cares for his own, is looking for a way to make sure that they receive the benefits. Amen? So um, that's how we are to see it. Their eyes are closed; they cannot see. Their ears cannot hear. And if they understand, notice they'll be converted or changed, and then healing will flow, restoration would flow. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Wholeness and freedom would be their portion. Amen. Praise God. Let's hear this verse also in Canada: Matthew thirteen fifteen.
1: Yakandare Nodi Tamma Grahisi Hageu Nanu Koberitu, Matu Mandavadavu, Ivaru
0: So that's the reason why we watch for any accumulating dullness. <coughs> if we sense dullness and uh, Uh, inability to see what God is saying and hear what he's saying then we are careful to make the necessary adjustments coming to him and saying Lord I really need to see what you're saying here I really need to hear what you're saying because I need the benefits of wholeness and restoration and freedom from any other thing that's out there trying to steal my benefit and my joy praise God and so when we look at it like that uh, things change you see The whole reason for listening, the whole reason for studying, the whole reason for coming to church and everything about it changes drastically because we now see, okay, his plan is to make sure we are not destroyed. His plan is to make sure we receive his benefits. His plan is to make sure that what he paid for his people receive and then we are proof that he cares for his own and he's alive and there's actually such a God on the earth right now. Praise God. And so um, when we see it like that, things change. Praise God. Things drastically change. Notice we started off by saying the measure of time spent in understanding, in um, meditating and so forth, is the amount of virtue and blessing and freedom that comes back to us. Let's go back to that uh, Mark chapter 4 verse and ponder on that and see what we can glean. Verse 24, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. For with what measure you meet it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Now if we look at that In the Amplified Version, for instance, we get a little more interesting sense out of it. He says there, he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Notice that, the measure of thought and study. Careful measuring of thought and study. Can you see that? So you have the ability to limit and measure out how much care and thoughtful study you give to God's Word. That is with you. That's with me. You know, Brother Anup was talking about seed and how we have the ability to sow. And so it's now, the the ball is kind of in our court now. It's like, we are the ones who have to measure out things. How much time I give to him to thoughtful, careful study of the word, and then I receive for that. Amen? Notice he says, The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. He continues, For to him who has will more be given. Notice that. And from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away, and the Amplified says, by force. (laughs) Notice that God is not the one who takes anything from anybody, but the enemy is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's out there trying to grapple with you and grab things out of your life, take things away from you. So um, as you hear and study and give thoughtful care to understanding the Word of God, getting revelation out of it. Revelation is stuff that you can live on, that you can walk out because you have seen it, you have understood it, and therefore it becomes your life. More than just analyzing, you become a doer of the Word of God. And that's when you get to understand more. Hallelujah. And so notice there that that careful, thoughtful study and listening to the Word of God comes forth in more. And gives you things. We are basically receivers on the earth. We are receivers. And God is not hindering us. Like Paul said to the Corinthians. We are hindering ourselves. By our own emotions. By our own feelings. And so we are not able to bear. We are not able to receive. We are not able to hear more. Praise God. But as we begin to see it. And understand with clarity. What is going on. Then things change. Praise God. I believe that. You know, we're getting more of that because this year we must enjoy more than ever before. When the world gets noticed gross in darkness, we shine more and more. The glory of the Lord rises upon us. We shine. That's when we become more uh, evident because they can see, wow, these guys are shining. There's something different about them. They live as though we are not in the same realm or atmosphere. Hallelujah. We have fate, we have uh, factors that are into the future, predestined for us, fated for us to be conformed to Jesus, not just like everybody else. Amen? So our predestination is to be like Him. That's our fate. When somebody says, you know, what's your fate? What's your destiny? I'm supposed to be like Jesus. If Jesus were on the earth in 2021, how would it be? That's how I'm supposed to be. Praise God. That's how you and I are supposed to be. So, as we receive revelation and understanding, that image of Jesus is lived out on the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, let's go off again to another verse in 1 Peter chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. And then, you know, we may spend a little time reading like last week. First Peter chapter 1, and I read from the King James. You know, I'm quite used to reading King James, but there are many other versions out there. Verse 2 says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, and obedience, and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you And peace be multiplied. Lots of words there. The Bible is is God's word, so sometimes (laughs) you find just too many too many words, just huge, huge meaning out there. You know, huge. It's just big. Everything about it is more than your natural thinking. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience. Hallelujah. So it's nice to know that God knew you with everything in your life before time began and chose you and said, You are my son. Thank you for choosing me. (laughs) Thank you for in that whole darkness you have pleased me by choosing Jesus. Amen. So your simple faith pleased him and then you were set apart by the Spirit, sanctified, uh, made holy Onto obedience, notice that I am separated to obedience. From disobedient life, I am separated to an obedient life now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. Notice that that obedience and that setting apart doesn't happen overnight. Your spirit man is set apart, holy unto the Lord, just as he is. But the rest of you, to the rest of me, takes time to come under the dominion of the new man, the the spirit of the living God, etc. And so the blood of the sprinkling has to be uh, put on us every now and then. Oh, thank God for that. Hallelujah. It's not that you go and have a bath again, but this time, wherever the dirt is, you go sprinkle upon it. Notice the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So... It's in the walk that that happens, it's in the faith, it's in our understanding, the revelation of the Word of God, that that actually happens. You see, faith is based on the knowledge of the Word of God. And so, uh, we are defaulting uh, there, that's where the mistake is. And so, we go and we say, I'm sorry, I didn't see that, I didn't understand that. So, once you understand it, you become more filled with the knowledge of His will, and then you walk in a certain way, you'd walk differently. Amen? So Ephesians chapter 1 to 3 is full of the things that are yours in Christ, planned for, given to, in Christ, before time began. And then 4 begins with, now let's walk. So because of the fullness of that understanding of what he has given to us, we can now walk. So that's how it is. God uh, uh, helps us to see some things What he has already done for us, which are freely given to us. And then he says, now you can walk like this. Amen. And because of the training and the time and the ability to receive more, we have uh, to go and use the blood. Every now and then you mess up. You go, thank you for the precious blood. Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Amen. The sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace Unto you and peace be multiplied. So as you get the knowledge, grace and peace is multiplied. Oh, hallelujah. Notice that it just exponentially increases. So there is no lack or loss when you spend time meditating, studying, listening to God's word. Never. You are only going to increase. It's only going to benefit you. There's going to be multiplied benefits. Amen. I'm telling you, only time, eternity will tell. The future will tell some of these things that you are receiving as a uh, benefit of your study and your perusal and your deep meditation on the Word of God. So, my brother, my sister, let's just go after this wholesale. Hallelujah. Notice there, um, as you think about this, there are some more verses like that. In 2 Peter, let's look at that. Oh.
1: We'll hear that in Canada, please. Sorry. Second, First Peter one. Amen. Now we go to Second
0: Peter one. Observe verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Notice there, there is so much multiplication taking place. As you get the knowledge, you know, that seems to be the vehicle there, being in Christ, in that knowledge, you begin to receive multiplied benefits of grace, God's ability, God's provision, God's abundance, God running towards you hallelujah, is multiplied and peace multiplied. Oh, hallelujah. How much more peace can we receive when we live in these days? Oh, yes. All the peace we can get. Let's get it. Amen? So as you spend time taking these things uh, on face value, literally that God meant what he said and it was meant for our benefit so that we could see and hear what he was saying and then we would... Turn around and receive the benefits. Hallelujah. That we could enjoy the healing, we could enjoy the wholeness, we would lack nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So these verses are, you know, more and more clear that God is concerned about not just, hey, you have to have Bible study, and oh, go read your book. No, it's not like that. It's concern for. You walking in the best that he had, just like Jesus would walk today, just as he is now, enjoying whatever heaven has, whatever the Father had. You know, it reminds me of a statement he made. He was telling the disciples something about, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And uh, <clears throat> they thought he was talking just about bread, or maybe they didn't bring the bread, you know, and so oh, they were pondering that, and then he just said, listen, when I multiplied just five loaves and two fishes, how many baskets were left over? And they said, you know, couple, couple of baskets, you know. So he is like, listen here, it's not about whether there will be provision or not. I will multiply anything you put in my hands. If you give it to me, I will multiply it. That's not the point. The point is, what the Pharisees are saying What I call yeast or um, the leaven of the Pharisees, that's what you need to be careful about. I will do it in such a way that there will be baskets left over. Hallelujah. Just a thought. Don't you think that he is serious about it? You know, today we may think in terms of money, but back in those days, bread meant food and sustenance. And even today you may say, have you got any bread? And you mean cash, you know. So Jesus is saying, don't worry about the money. I can multiply and increase you and have so much left over that you'll be able to just take and drop off baskets here and there. Amen. But you be careful about the things that come from uh, wrong understanding, uh, leaven that is trying to enter in and choke the word so that you cannot see what he's saying. Amen. So we are constantly looking to him that our thinking will be changed so that we will enjoy his benefits even more. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, prosperity is uh, amazing. It's a, it's a blessing. But it's, on the other hand, you cannot compare prosperity in the, in the third world with some other nations. You know, there are, there are nations where you must have three or four cars and then they would say you're prosperous. But in a nation like this, You know, just a couple of years ago, just to have one car would take a couple of generations. (laughs) You know, you would see a car parked out in front of somebody's house just once in a while. Not everybody had a car. So if God has given you a car, you're blessed. If you didn't pay for it, hallelujah. (laughs) See, so we can rejoice about these things. It's not meant to dampen anything. It's meant to make us grateful that in a place where it would have been really hard to have any of these benefits, we actually have these benefits. Amen? Praise God. So, (laughs) hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, somebody was saying, uh, my daughter turned 18. I bought her a Santa Fe. You know, and hey, that's nice. If you can buy your daughter a car when she turned 18 and a very good car, that's wonderful. But if you can buy your daughter a cycle when she turned 18, hallelujah. Are you getting this? So don't go banging your head and, you know, uh, beating your head, beating yourself down and saying, "Uh, I could not buy my daughter a car or I could not get her a Santa Fe or any of those things. Praise God. But rather rejoice that God can take care of your children and give them gifts in this land and you can receive freely. Hallelujah. Amen. Obtained it. You have obtained such things. All we need is the grace to understand it, to receive it. And that's going to come multiplied as you study the word of God. Amen. Let's see if we can hear Second um, Peter 1 verse 2 in Canada also.
1: Amen. Verse
0: 3 continues According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to, glory virtue, called us to a glorious virtuous life. Amen? Notice from that translation of, of um, Mark 4, we read in the Amplified twenty four twenty five. 25 it said the measure of virtue that would be multiplied back to you. Amen? So the glory and the virtue that are in God are multiplied back to us through the knowledge as we study and give ourselves to quality time, prayerfully, Seeing through the Word of God, meditating through the Word of God, these benefits should be ours. Now, we're not comparing ourselves with, you know, people on other planets or other places on the earth. <laughs> we are going to just say, in this land where I am right now, God is faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, don't knock yourself out just because you could not buy your daughter a car. Hallelujah. But you could get her a cycle, praise God, and maybe a new cycle. And maybe, you know, you didn't pay for it at all and, uh, you know, God just provided. Amen. But notice there is all of this divine power, all of this provision, all of these benefits that are ours through the knowledge of him. So I believe that the more we dig into the word, the more we pay attention properly to the word of God, the more of the benefits are multiplied toward us. Hallelujah. So let's keep that in mind. So we are receivers of the benefits of God, basically. Don't forget that. So we are full of thanksgiving, because you are a receiver. You know, I'm a receiver, and I'm believing God to receive more. Hallelujah. Let's also look at Hebrews, the second chapter. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, therefore we ought... To give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Amen. Oh, wow. Notice here that we're going to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Not things which we have not heard, things which we have heard. Amen. So you could say that um, you are just paying attention more explicit attention, more uh, focused, prayerful attention to the things which you have already heard because you want to receive and not allow those things to slip away from you. Praise God. The benefits of your salvation are there already. They are called, you know, a very blessed and so great salvation that, you know, From the Old Testament to the New, there is no comparison at all. Praise God. Imagine this for a minute. Go with me to Isaiah 33. And let's read something there. Around the last verse of Isaiah 33, you'll see how the New Covenant talks to us. It's almost like totally strange. Observe there, verse 24, it says, The inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. Who's he talking to? He's talking to those who dwell on Mount Zion. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's hear maybe Second um, Peter. Is that what we read? We read that already. Now let's read Isaiah 33 and notice verse 24.
1: Yava janara padu
0: Hallelujah. Notice that in the new covenant, we are called Mount Zion, you know, and we are the children of promise. And the Bible says, we do not say we are even sick. So to say, I am sick, to say my diabetes and my blood pressure and, you know, my this and my that is not even to be heard from the new covenant person. Amen. You are not supposed to even utter such things. Because we are forgiven our iniquity. The same cross that took away the sin and the sin nature has also taken away the ability to be sick. Hallelujah. Something to think about. Praise God. By his stripes you were healed. Amen. So the righteousness of God that you are is refusing sin. The righteousness of God is refusing any other lying thing. The healed one is refusing the sickness. I will not accept the sickness. I do not say I am sick. See, so it's totally different. The old covenant and the new are quite different. He says, I will take away sickness from the midst of you. That was old covenant. In the new, you're already healed. You are the healed of the Lord. He's not taken it away or he's not going to take it away. It has already been removed. You have a different nature altogether. And the, the power of that makes you so self-assured. You do not even say you are sick. Your whole thinking has changed. The words that come out of you have changed. You have understood it. You cannot say, I'm sick. Because you know you cannot be. Hallelujah. That's so great salvation. So, what has been given to us must be so held on to and pondered on, and we don't let anything slip. Praise God. Interesting thought. Interesting thought. It's a progression. Read it like that in the Old Testament, but then the New cannot be compared. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You now have God living inside you. The Old Testament person who was in a particular esteem could have the Holy Spirit upon him for a certain time to do certain things, accomplish certain things. But here you and I have actually become the temple, the dwelling place, the tabernacle of the Almighty Himself. Praise God. So great salvation has to be just pondered on to see, okay, I'm not going to let that slip. I'm carrying God. He's quickening this body. He's quickening this body. And I'm telling you, we are possibly the ones who will not die. We are going straight to heaven. In these bodies, they will be adopted, in quote, glorified and taken out of here. Amen? Your spirit is already done. Thank God for that. Your soul will mature and receive true sonship, and act like a son. Your body, of course, thank God, is going to be just like his, one of these days, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. I hope you're getting something there. Let's look at a, a verse or two. Go back with me to John. Did we read this? Yeah. John 15, or 14. John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do you know there's a version called the, the TPT, which I believe means the um, Passion Translation. Yeah, And it says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. That's pretty cool. <laughs> because the love of God is already in you. Amen? He says, when you love him, it empowers you to obey his commands. If you loved someone, you would go across any hill, climb any mountain, you know, cross any sea, and just show up, right? Remember the old song? Ain't no mountain high enough. Remember? Nothing can keep me, keep me from you. Ain't no mountain higher. I think DHL used that for the advertisement one time. So you could sing that. Ain't no mountain high enough. Nothing can keep me, keep me from you, Jesus. But I'm not coming to church. Ain't no mountain higher. (laughs) Now, (laughs) you know, I have this way of talking and, you know, somebody has accused me of deep sarcasm and all of that. It's true, you know, it's kind of sarcastic, but the point is, We love him. We are born again. Amen? And because we love him, we'll go anywhere and do anything that he commands. Right? So loving him empowers us to do what he said. Amen. That is maturity. That is when your soul is actually uh, received as a son. Praise God. That is growing up. See, your soul is first of all rebellious and then there's a restoration that's taking place and then, you know, you begin to see the soul behaving as though it was a son. And that is what we're talking about. Amen. That is maturity. That's growing up. Amen. Let's look at, uh, let's hear this also in Kannada first. John 14 and verse 15. <inaudible> Mm, hallelujah! So there is study, there is deep study and thinking on the Word of God, and it causes empowerment and the ability to grow and mature. You know, and the more you grow and mature, the more you are actually going to obey Him. Praise God! It's not a bad word. You know, it sounds like a bad word because of our um, growth, the way we grew in the natural. You know, but as you grew up, you understood, hey, it was nice that I obeyed and I studied and I passed my tenth. Hallelujah. It was good that I finally did my PUC. You know, things like that. Even if you spent donkey years, you finally finished it. You know, things like that. So as you grow up, you look back and you realize, man, I'm so glad I obeyed that. I'm so glad I did this. You know, so that's how God is. God has seen. Ahead and looked at us and said, The best thing for you to do is just obey this. Amen. And you can short circuit a lot of trouble and you can just walk and live in a different way. Hallelujah. So I remember back in the days when um, there were no um, phones like we had phones now, cell phones and all of that. Uh, The best you could do was queue up outside an STD booth if you wanted to make a call. You know, and those days, uh, my wife and I, we were not yet married, and you know, uh, I would just wait to get a letter from her, and I, I would send a letter to her, and my wife still has those letters kept away till today, you know. And uh, if you were really urgent about something, you'd send a telegram. Amen? So you will tell a gram and send it off. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> But today, praise God, we have phones and all of these things like one for each person or two per person. Praise God. And we can just tell and tell and tell. Amen. But notice back in those days we would queue up to just say a word and hear something. Hallelujah. Amen. And we would go places just to communicate and write letters and all of that stuff. So love compels us to do things. The love of God compels us, compels us, constrains us to do things. Amen? That's what he's saying. It empowers you because the object is that that person. You love that person. It's not like just Lord. Of course, Jesus is Lord, but, and he does command, but you love that person. Hallelujah. And you love them, and that changes everything. So I was, you know, thinking about the martyrs who thought it was a privilege to be crucified upside down instead of just hanging on the cross like Jesus. They said, that's too much. On the same cross, the same way, no, I'm not worthy. So they would be hung upside down and they would gladly receive that and give their lives. Amen? These are people who walked with him. So they they got into a place, I believe, where... They enjoyed his love and his fellowship so much that they would do anything for him. Amen. Each of them, after Pentecost, gave their lives gladly. Gladly. They gave everything up. Amen. Praise God. And so, um, what has caused the distance between us and them? I don't think it's anything but revelation. Jesus would not have gone back to heaven if he had not made it possible for us to receive the same fellowship, the same uh, partnership, communion, which they had with him through the word of God. Amen? So the more time we spend thinking and praying over these things, the more that fellowship is real, the more your love for him dominates other things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you can go to the end of the earth and you you can do anything because you are empowered by his love to obey. That is growing up. So God is not just looking for saved people. He's looking for disciples. He's looking for people who are maturing, who are growing up. Amen? Not just saved and stuck, but growing up. Amen? So our threshold for doing things... Uh, because of our love for him, keeps increasing as we mature. Amen. And if necessary, laying down our life for him. Praise God. We are not afraid of death. For us, death is just a promotion. We're going home. Hallelujah. We're going from dirty streets to streets of gold, from riding cycles and driving cars to flying wherever at the speed of thought. Hallelujah. Haha, That's going to be someday, my brother, my sister. Amen. <clears throat> but let's read First um, Peter, chapter two and verse two. Notice there: "As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby." Hallelujah. So the desire for the word of God begins to break through in our lives. And uh, hallelujah, causes growth. Notice the sincere milk or the pure, unadulterated word of God. Amen. The desire for that, the longing for that, causes us, you know, to enjoy the benefit of growth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And I know that this is so precious to many of us. Hallelujah. I believe it's precious to all of us in Jesus' name. Ah ha, ha, ha. I'm also going to look at Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Notice there it says, Take heed therefore how you hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he seems to have. Praise God. So there's, there's a you know, measure of hearing and there is what you are hearing here we're talking about the measure and the process of hearing <clears throat> what you're hearing is one and then how you're hearing is another thing so notice if you're having an interview with your boss you will immediately look, look for another room nearby or dive into some you know attic somewhere or where the brooms are kept it doesn't matter as long as you can privately talk to your boss and go through the interview, right? So that's how it's going to be. Our boss is talking to us, our Lord, our Savior, our beloved. is talking, and we just struggle to have time with Him. Amen? Notice there, from the Amplified, He says, Be careful, therefore, how you listen. For to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given. And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge even what he thinks and guesses and supposes that he has will be taken away very interesting how that word goes
1: let's hear um, Luke 818 in kannada please <laughs>
0: Amen. So here our our Lord, our Savior, the Beloved, the Creator of the ends of the earth, He's saying, listen to what I have to say. And more will be given to us. Amen. The longing for spiritual understanding, spiritual knowledge, spiritual word, the milk, etc. will just drive us to places where we spend time. And even if you have people all around you, you could actually shut yourself off. Everybody can tell. And nowadays, you know, when people are focused on their phones, people don't disturb them. Amen. So, praise God. All these are benefits that we're going to enjoy. Hallelujah. But notice, even though we um, emphasize obedience because Jesus emphasized it, uh, empowered to obey. Is because of much mercy. Again and again, we are having to receive sprinkling of the blood. Amen? And so you must be very confident in the power of the mercy of God in order to go from day to day, day to day, year after year, year after year, and find out you have never arrived. Because there's not a day of perfect obedience, actually. You know, we are just moving in that direction. That has to be understood. The only perfect person was Jesus, and look what happened to him. The more you become like him, the same things happen to you. Think about that. Glory to God. Those who live godly will suffer persecution. Those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. So um, it's it's just like that. So don't get uh, tired of trusting in the mercy of God. Amen? Let's look at something like that today. 147th Psalm. Let's go there. And after some verses like this, we will read a bit of scripture, just plain reading. 147. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible declares in the 10th verse He delights not in the strength of the horse. Nor does he take pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who reverently and worshipfully fear him, in those who hope in his mercy and loving kindness. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. (laughs) That's the amplified version. Maybe we can hear this in Canada, please.
1: Atanu Kudure Suvadilla, Katanu Tanage, mm, Glory to God. And some similar verse in Psalm 33. It's uh, amazing, good to see there.
0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Psalm 33, verse 18. He says, Behold, the Lord's eye is upon those who fear Him, who rever and worship Him with awe, who wait for Him and hope in His mercy and loving kindness. Oh, glory to God. The Lord's eye is upon such people. He is looking at them. He is delighting in them. You know, the Bible says He delights in mercy. Amen? Jesus had a way of saying things that were, you know, very interesting. He said that the the Pharisees the same guys with the leaven of the Pharisee, he said that they had a way of uh, streaming out or sieving out the camels, you know, and letting, you know, camels go rather and then bringing the little flies out of it or paying attention to little things and letting the heavy issues go. Amen? (laughs) So for Jesus, there are some things that are more important. Did you notice that? The camels are things like Faith and mercy and justice or judging things properly. Amen. So he's a God who delights in mercy to him. Mercy is a very big deal. And so for us, mercy must be a very big deal too. That's it's a good thing to focus on. Let's hear verse 18 also in, um, in Canada. Thank you. Glory to God. And I'll go off to Malachi also, Um, praise the Lord. Malachi, the third chapter, and I'll read there almost at the last verse. Let me hear from King James, verse 17, and they shall be mine, he says, Mm, verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. Wow. So out of our study and the handling of the word of God, when we gather with each other, you know, things come out of our mouths and God says he's listening. And those who reverently, worshipfully handle his word, he makes note of them. And he keeps that in a book called a Book of Remembrance. Hallelujah. To him, they're very important, very powerful, very precious. Amen? So studying the Word, spending time meditating on these truths prayerfully gives us a reverence for his Word, for his mercy. Um, we love him and we rever him and we speak accordingly. Amen? And God notices it. You know, if you remember how that whole uh, setting there comes is, you know, the the Bible is declaring that this house of Israel had reached a place where they were speaking words that were very stout and hard, you know. And uh, he said, in 13, your words have been stout against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoke so much against thee? And this is what they said. You have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinances, that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? See, these words were hard. They said it is a waste serving God. There's no profit in serving God. Amen? When you look at it like that, Job becomes quite a hero. Job, even though he did not have much revelation, Job said, though he slay me, I will not forsake him. I will, I will serve him. I will live for him. You know that God did not slay him. That's for sure. It was not God that did any of those things. But we have revelation that Job did not have. In fact, some believers still don't understand that. Amen? But notice that man, Job, quite heroic in spite of everything. The Bible says, you know, statements like that about him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really amazing. Maybe we can hear Malachi 3, um, 17 and then 14 also in Canada. Malachi 3, 17 and 14.
1: Nanu nanna ajaran Aga agak Bayapaduvavaru bayapadu wabaru obbara sengadal wabaru aga aga mata diikon daru kertanu kivi gurtu adanu keli danu idal lade bayapadu wabari atana hisaranu nenas wabari atana Munde jnapakada pustaka wu berel patti Hallelujah.
0: Amazing. And the 17th says, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I make up my jewels, I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. And you shall return and discern. Notice there that, this is now coming into the believer's reward, you might say. You know, a form of judgment there, discerning between the right way of serving God and the wrong way of serving God. And He says, "I will take them up, and I will display them in that day." Praise God! Ha ha ha! And He calls them jewels. So it's so precious. Those who who speak reverently, who handle His th- His thoughts and His name reverently and say he's a God of profit, he's a God of blessing, there's nothing wrong with him, he is perfect, he is good, he's right in all his ways, he's right, hallelujah, if there's any mistake, it's my mistake, and I'm hoping in your mercy, I'm trusting in your mercy, that is the way we should do it, amen, praise God, hallelujah. Uh, Let's go off also, and since we talked about Job, let's just Uh, see if we can deal with that also let's go to the book of James and notice there the book of Job comes up there James is the Lord's half-brother the Bible is a very complete kind of book even though people try to dilute it and take away from it now and then there's a common thread that runs through the scripture if Jesus quotes something if it's quoted by the new covenant people you know you can take it praise God Notice there, in the the 11th verse, he says in chapter 5, Behold, we count them happy, which endure. Endure. Go through stuff. You know, because of him, because of the word. And he's talking about prophets here in the previous verse. He says, take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience, or endurance there. Long suffering. Amen? So people have endured because of the word, because of the, the stuff that they had to do in the name of the Lord. And He says that they have been like an example to us. And then He says we count them happy or blessed, you know. Praise God that they are very blessed, which endure. Those who are blessed, they endure. Praise God. They go through things for the name, for the word. Notice that. He says, you have heard of the patience of Job and have seen, notice there, the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Amen? So it makes uh, Job not really the hero here, even though some credit is given to him that you have heard of his patience and all of that. But on the other hand, you know, it's the Lord who has been very pitiful to him. Pitiful, you know. In spite of the things which he said, you know, God was very pitiful to him. Hallelujah. That's what we take away. That it's not our heroic eff- efforts and all what we are claiming to be doing. It's the Lord showing mercy. Right? Amen. Notice that in James 5.11, the Uh, Passion, translation, we honor them as our heroes because they remained faithful even while enduring great sufferings. You have heard of all that Job went through. And we can now see that the Lord ultimately treated him with wonderful kindness, revealing how tender-hearted he really is. Amen. The Lord is really tender-hearted and kind. See? So no matter what it is, Jesus must become the hero. Sometimes I say that I was able to give lakhs for Jesus' name and all that, but honestly, it's not me. It was him allowing me to have that opportunity and being able to do it at that time. Because sometimes you may plan many things, but when the time comes, you may not execute them because of X, Y, Z reasons. But he, in his mercy, allowed me, helped me, to be able to give. And that is all I can say. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he must be the hero no matter what. He must be the hero. Job of course was quite a hero. I'm telling you. He has become a hero over the years. People uh, can say. Wow what a guy. And even though he slays me. I will not you know, forsake him. I will serve him. I will not curse his name and die. I will still live for him and all that. But notice the Bible says it was God who showed him a lot of mercy and pity. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's see if we can hear the 11th verse in Canada, and then we'll jump off.
1: Mm, glory to God. Hallelujah. There's so much there we could just,
0: you know, keep reading, but you know, um, God is a faithful God. Maybe we can get one or two more verses and then Do our little reading. I enjoy the little readings. Notice that we are reading it together. Back in Hebrews 2 again. I read there. We read verse 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So Paul says there that he also heard it from others who walked with Jesus. Praise God. Observe there verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels, you know, the old covenant had the angelic realm as giving and bringing the word across. It was steadfast, and then he continues, every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. So if they transgressed uh, or violated the command, there was a reward. If they disobeyed, there was a reward, you know? Hallelujah. If they had to go through uh, rewards for disobeying and violating the word under the old covenant, which was inferior in that angels were the mediators and the bringing forth involved in all of that, how much more now that Jesus is speaking? Amen? So the reverence for these things has to be Ramped up. Amen? Now, if you have uh, uh, followed and read along, you would notice there the word for disobedience is actually a word that says that they decided not to hear it so that they would not be accountable for it. The first transgression there means they knew and they disobeyed. The second one was let's not hear it because if we don't hear it, then we're not accountable for it. Amen? So we, are, we know that if you are hearing it, he says, I have so many things to say to you, you cannot bear them. Then Paul said, I'm not holding anything back so I can be pure from the blood of all men. I'm telling you everything. See, there's a lot of gravity in all of these things. So if we say I don't want to hear it, because if I hear it, then I have to do it. That's one thing. And then after hearing it, we don't do it. That's another thing. So God has ways of looking at everything. He's, he's a wise, wise God. He's the perfect one, isn't he? So with reverence for all of these things, we have an internal climate where we handle God's word and his person with all reverence. Amen? And he sees it and he notes it and it's precious to him. Amen? Praise God. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's see. Maybe we can hear this verse 2 in Canada and then do our reading. Glory to God. Alright, now let's go do our reading. We, we left off last week in Genesis, the 24th chapter. And we talked about how, verse 1, Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There was no loss. There was nothing actually uh, that you could say, I followed God and look, I didn't get anything. Abraham was old, well stricken in age. The Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Amen. You know, Father Abraham's blessings are ours. This year we need to just really think a lot about how those blessings upon his life are ours, even though he was not perfect. The sprinkling of the blood for us is very, very important. Amen? He was not a perfect man. He made mistakes, and, and still, God was able to bless him in all things. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, the Bible continues, and because he's older now, he wants his son to get married. So he, he calls for the eldest servant of the house, the man who has spent most time with him, and observed him very closely. And he has now given him position over all that he has. You know, This man is like the overseer. Very trusted man. And he makes him swear an oath. Or make a promise that he would go and get a girl for his son Isaac from his own homeland. But that his son should not go to that place. Because God had told him to leave that area and leave those people. Amen. So. And he did, and the Bible continues, verse four. But thou shalt go unto my country, to my kindred, and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou or whence thou came? And Abraham said unto him, Beware, thou that. Thou bring not my son thither again, the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, which spake unto me, that swore unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angels or angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. Hallelujah. Verse 8, And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. After all these years with God, Abraham has not lightened up on that. He, He knows the power of the commandment of God. He says, This boy will not go back there. Because God told me back then that I have to leave. You know, it took some time But he finally got it. You know, He got to the point where he said, if God said something, it's it's for my benefit. He's thinking about the big picture. He's thinking about so many things, and I must obey him. Even now that I'm old and I'm blessed in all things, I'm not taking that lightly. Hallelujah. See how many times the servant is asking, but what if the girl does not agree to come? Should I now do this and that? He said, no, the boy must not go back there. Hallelujah. Amen. So he has grown up to the place where he he reverently observes what God said. Still. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 8 and uh, now verse 9. The servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham. After clearing all this, then he says, okay, now I'm ready. Puts his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master. Swear unto him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels. Ten camels, that's a lot of camels, of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. He was responsible for everything so he could take ten camels. He arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor who is Abraham's brother. And he made his camels to kneel down without or outside the city by a well of water at the time of the evening. Even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham. So here we have the God of Abraham being referred to. Uh, It seems as though they do not have a personal relationship with that God. Yes, that's how many of these things in the Old Covenant seem like. But he's known as the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Notice that. So he's referring to that God, the God of my master, the God of Abraham. I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master, Abraham. Hallelujah. See how his life has been influenced by Abraham and the God of Abraham. He's saying, I need your kindness. I need your mercy here. I need that mercy to go to my master. The same mercy that you showed him, show in this matter. Verse 13. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And he let it come to pass that the damsel, notice, he says, let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. That's how many camels? Ten camels. (laughs) Have you seen camels drinking? Those guys can drink, man. I think, uh, you know, (laughs) that's a project on its own. For a girl to say, Okay, I'll give you some water, and maybe I'll even take care of your camel, but then ten camels? What kind of girl is that? Well, hallelujah. I guess it's the right girl. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> yeah, and she's, uh, she's, uh, she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink. And also, <laughs> let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. Thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. Now, I'll ask you a question. Do you think that you and I would ask such a sign for any such thing? Let the girl come clean my car, put petrol in it, and give me food and pay for everything. She'll be the girl. I, I don't think so. I don't think it will even come near our thoughts. It's a different realm altogether, isn't it? Hallelujah. You know, but God has not changed. And, uh, you know, this is the quality that they were actually looking for even as a sign. Praise God. So, you know, someone in our church, I remember, he said, uh, he just plainly told the girl, I am among the last people to leave the church. So, if you're ready to live with that, then let's get married. And she said, You know, I'm also like that. I, I'm about the last person to leave the church. Praise God. So, you know, standards are there. Say amen. Ha ha ha. Thank you, Jesus. I noticed a thunderous amen was there. <laughs> verse 15. Verse 15. And it came to pass before he had done speaking. Wow. That's quick. Before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. I mean, she just came absolutely for one pitcher on the shoulder. Think about that a girl coming out with one pitcher of. Water, you know, on the shoulder—just one, one container—and then think about ten camels. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. You know, it just does not—it uh, doesn't come into that realm, if you know what I mean. For a girl to now say, "Okay, I came for one pitcher, and I'm going back home. I've done my work," or "I'm going to help with these ten camels," that's a big stretch. That's a very big stretch. That tells me a lot about that kind of girl and, um, you know, the kind of setup and maybe the family, Um, a lot of things about their warmth towards uh, guests and strangers. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's a whole department in there. It's tough to talk about these things, but hey, we're just reading the Bible. Verse 16, And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, notice, very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. She's done her work, and she's very pretty. A lot of pretty girls who have to just take one bottle of water, they're not going to go and feed ten camels just like that. Man, I tell you, phew. It's not going to happen. Anyway, verse 17, And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher from your water bottle. And she said, Drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. So she poured like that. When she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also. Hmm. Interesting. He did not say anything like, can you give to my camels? She saw the camel, she saw it all, and she said, I'm just going to go the extra mile. Hmm. That's interesting. Until they have done drinking. Until every camel is finished drinking. 20. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again onto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. All the details inside there are pretty interesting. And the man wondering, he's blown away. He's like, wow. The man wondering at her held his peace to wit, whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Wow, could this be, could this be, Lord? That's how he is. 22. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight, two bracelets for her hand of ten shekels weight of gold. I am sure that if that happened, if you had those gold things with you, you would just give that girl too, wouldn't you? Say, wow, this girl, poof, she's something. Yeah. This just, you know, just random stuff happening out there. But there was an angel that was trusted. Notice that. He said, the angel, the angel of the Lord will go. That angel that I know has been there for me will go ahead and do things. You know, the Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp around us, believers, to deliver us. Hallelujah. Don't forget that. That's Psalm 34, I believe, and verse 8 or so. There are angels today. The same angels that worked for Abraham. The same angels that were with the righteous of that time are still there with us. Hallelujah. And they can arrange all these kind of things. Let's lean on the unseen. Let's lean on the resources that God has provided for us. Hallelujah. Amen. In verse 23, I must close with this. He says, And said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee. Is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in, making more demands? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, which she bare to Nahor, She said, moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender, enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord. Oh, glory to God. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. Being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of the mother's house these things. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. How many of you know that man? Quite a character, right? And Laban ran out. Unto the man, unto the well. And it came to pass when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hand. When he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man and beheld and stood by the camel at the well. He said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without, for I have prepared the house and room for the camels. Notice the term, blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? So, I'm sure that it's culture and uh, understanding and revelation and all of that, but for us today, we are the blessed of the Lord. We're blessed with every blessing in the heavenly places, which means everything that God has, all that He has is ours. All I have is thine. We are the blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. How many are blessed of the Lord? We are the blessed of the Lord. I'll stop there for today. But notice how these things are affecting their culture, affecting the way they act. And, and today, to us, it is history. But at the same time, it encourages us to know there's a God of reward, a God of benefit, a God of angels, and God who is there. Uh, the Lord, our great shepherd and he is faithful, and he's merciful, and he loves those who revere and trust in his mercy. Amen? He just enjoys that, and he notes that, and he's going to act on that. Amen? Let's worship him. Maybe we can hear a verse or two in Canada. Maybe if we can read um, mm, about the ten camels being uh, fed, that's probably um, verse... Yeah, verse nineteen.
1: Avanige kudiyo vadakke kottanantaraaakeyo. Ninna ontegaligoo sakagu vashtu niranno taruttene endu helidaru.
0: Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe verse twenty-two also in Kannada.
1: Uh, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Thank you Jesus.
0: Maybe verse 27 and then we'll close.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. Shall
0: we worship this great king? Isn't he worthy? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, our Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham rejoiced to see your day, and he saw it. We're so grateful that you have become flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone. One with you, Lord Jesus. We're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for time spent understanding, receiving revelation, receiving understanding. You're a faithful God. You'll do what you said. We love you. We bless you. We praise you. Give us revelation. Give us understanding. May the capacity to receive be increased on the inside of us. Thank you, Great King. Thank you, Holy One. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you for your blessing in this land. We're willing and obedient. We'll eat the good of the land. We'll wear the good of the land. We'll live in the good of the land. We'll drive the good of the land. Hallelujah. We'll fly the good of the land. We trust you, Great King. We worship you, God of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is upon our life. We receive the blessing in every area. Thank you, Father. We trust your great mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you'd like to give this a great opportunity, blessed in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. You're blessed. Thank you, team. See you again.